0: Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, President of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. If you've listened to the show before, you know that's usually how I start the show, about it being a glorious week in the state of Texas. And look, any week in the state of Texas is a glorious week, but it is a very different and unique week. That is no doubt. We're going to talk about some of those things as all of our lives are being impacted by one way or another by the coronavirus, whether or not it's touched us personally or directly, or whether or not the impact of that being an issue that we're all dealing with has impacted our lives in one way or another. And so we're going to talk all about that today. And, you know, there's a lot to talk about when it comes to these issues. And how does the coronavirus impact your Texas values? And so two things that it impacts is, How is it impacting your religious liberty? And also, how is it going to start impacting you next week when your kids have to start going back to school in one way or another and they're going to be at home? I'm going to talk after our guest is off the show for a few minutes about the religious liberty aspects. There's no question that as an organization that stands for Faith, Family, and Freedom, we have concerns about any time the government places restrictions on your, your right to pray in public. And now we have situations we're dealing with where the government is telling people that you got to limit your ability to go to church. And and so there's a lot to unpack on that. And But at the same time, we're trying to balance being sensitive to the fact that there are legitimate health and safety concerns and the fact we may just have to adapt during this time period. And it's not something to simply use um, what we typically might do, which is to push back. Strongly against the government, considering filing lawsuits, all those kind of things. We're going to be patient for now and try to be understanding, but we need to understand the aspects of that so we don't be in a position where we have long-term restrictions and it becomes more difficult for people to live out their faith, particularly with Easter coming up. Very soon, we've got Holy Week coming up. So a lot to think about in that regard. And so I'm going to touch on that in the second half of the show. So stick with us through the whole show so you can hear. uh, It's not going to be much of a half. I'll leave a little bit of time because we want to talk and and focus on our guest today. And our guest today on the Texas Values Report is Tim Lambert. Tim Lambert is the president of the Texas Homeschool Coalition. He's a dear friend of mine. He's been involved in homeschool leadership since 1984. He and his wife, Lindsay, have taught their four now-grown children at home for 16 years, graduating the last in 2000, uh, Tech. Excuse me, uh, Tim is a graduate with political science from Texas Tech University. He's been very involved in conservative politics for many years. But we need to talk about all those people out there that are thinking. Probably starting many Monday, man. How am I going to do this when it comes to homeschooling? Tim, welcome back to the Texas Values Report. Jonathan, thanks for having me. It's great to be with you. All right, so I've got some kids in my family that are homeschooled. Not all of them, but the other half of them are going to be at home next week, and they're going to be doing distance learning from their school. So not exactly the same as maybe how it is for traditional homeschooling, but however it kind of lines up, you're going to have a whole lot more kids at home Particularly starting Monday, trying to figure out how they navigate this space. Tell us a little bit about that issue and some things that resources that you're recommending for people across the state of Texas.
1: Well, Jonathan, yeah, it's now statewide. We've been doing this for a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, Texas just uh, joined a lot of other states in closing uh, the schools down. So we are getting lots of calls from people saying, How do I do this? We have several resources. First, we've we've, uh, started a new Facebook group called Coronavirus Homeschool Support. And uh, so we've got, that's kind of a meeting place for uh, folks who are in that realm where they're just starting to homeschool as a result of the schools closing down. And lots of homeschoolers there to share resources and helps and that sort of thing. And then of course on our website, thsc.org, we have a page called uh, How to Homeschool. So lots of resources there. But the, the thing that we're focusing on is uh, trying to help people understand that this is a very different approach. In fact, my blog and video this week, Jonathan, was we are all homeschoolers now. So um, the, a lot of homeschool moms are sharing things. So let me just give a couple of tips. First of all, the big thing I point out to people is that uh, homeschooling uh, two or three kids is not anything like uh, what a teacher does in a classroom where you've got 20 or 30 students. And the amazing thing about that is not only can you uh, do this and tailor it to the individual children, but you can relax. Jonathan, in a a setting with one or two or three kids, you can get done in a couple of hours, especially with elementary-age children, what it takes a classroom all day long to do.
0: You know, I'm going to stop you there for just a minute too, Tim, because my wife is a homeschool mom. And, you know, (laughs) just not growing up in the homeschool environment, I am impressed and amazed at sometimes the amount of work that she gets done with the kids in a shorter amount of time. And I don't want to say that in a negative way. I'm just saying where I'm like, wow. And it's, you know, I've seen the results firsthand. And so and I've seen that personal attention that she's able to give. And so I can see how it plays out that way.
1: Yes, absolutely. It's the teacher-student ratio. You know, when you've got one teacher and a couple of students, man, uh, they get lots of individual attention. So that's, and, and then really with elementary age kids, a lot of this stuff they think you're playing. You can do lots of games. There's lots of videos. There's lots of resources that you can do with children. And the other thing, uh, you, don't have to homes, you don't have to teach these kids all day long. So with the younger kids, you know, you may want to start with, uh, you know, some reading time. Uh, do things, some projects in the morning and do that for a couple hours and take a break. You know, start again after lunch. Uh, the, the other thing that we're seeing with uh, uh, older students, especially junior high or high school students, um, those students you ought to really ask and, and get some input on about w- what they're interested in, what they would like to do. You know, one of the things I always share with my experience, I have it, one of my sons was not uh, into English. Uh, didn't like writing, and my wife actually pursued something we call delight-directed study. So this particular uh, son really loved sports and basketball and football, and so she tasked him uh, writing assignments related to the NBA or the NFL, and it was amazing. He then was able to do this because he was dealing with something he liked. And, uh, again, lots of resources for uh, older students who can pursue that, and and Jonathan, if you've got older students, a lot of these folks, you can give them some direction, and they can pursue things on their own. So again, no, that's, that's
0: a very good point. We're talking with Tim Lambert, the president of Texas Homeschool Coalition, who I'm sure is getting a lot more attention the last two weeks in questions from people wanting to know how do you handle homeschool environments and so on because of the changes in the impact of the coronavirus, and really a lot of people just trying to be well-meaning, right? I mean, and it's not going to last forever, I wouldn't imagine, but, you know, you don't know how long it's going to learn, excuse me, last, and so you at least have to be prepared that the kids might have to settle in. Um, for quite a while. I'm still waiting for updates from our the school that uh, some of our kids attend to see how long it's going to, but we're really kind of going out maybe two weeks now, and we'll see if it ends up being that way for the rest of the school year, and so it's good to be prepared and not be overwhelmed, but there are good resources out there, and I'll tell you, you know, it's interesting. I have a son that's very involved in sports and interested in sports, and he was writing an application to a high school that he wanted to go to, and they asked him, you know, what um, gets your imagination, what, what really captivates you, and he wrote this long essay about sports and about football, and it had a lot of great detail. It had a lot of great content in it. Anytime I want him to read a little bit more, be expressive, if I want him to talk about math and stats, he likes to talk about football and sports, and so it is good to have that flexibility and really that freedom to figure out what individually your child is interested in and that might be something that stimulates and gives them a little bit more energy and interest depending on the particular subject.
1: Jonathan, that's exactly right and the other thing that I point out to people is that one of the byproducts of this is going to be that you're going to spend more time with your family and uh, you know we've said for years one of the great byproducts of teaching your kids at home is that you have a great close connection, not only between the parents and the children, but between the children. And uh, my adult children today are very close. They're very connected with each other. And uh, even reading some of the the accounts of some of these folks that have started doing this, they are seeing that they have more time with those children, so they're reconnecting with their family. So that's another great benefit uh, in terms of what this situation is going to be for families
0: well and you know look and a lot of times that that morning routine can be really hectic right and, and while look yeah eventually we're all going to have to go back to work some people will continue to work for home uh, and sometimes we find it challenging to work at home right we're at home we can sometimes feel like we're not as productive because you need to go run this errand or you need to take care of the kids or whatever and so there there is value to sometimes having an office and so on and having that uh, setting that allows you to be more productive but I've seen that reality play out several times where you're all hectic and you're rushing out the door. And, you know, does everyone have their uniform on or they dressed the right way? Did you brush your teeth? You know, trying to yep. get in the car, get to school on time, not get tardy, you know, did the bell ring. Then you got to turn around and drive to work and all that kind of stuff. Whereas, you now you're in this homeschool environment. And if you at least have one parent that's at home, during that time, you know, many of us are all home or we're going to be all home and starting tomorrow or today, I know for our team, but uh, even if you just have one parent there, you're home and then it's a little bit more relaxed, right? You, you get up, you have breakfast, the classroom's like right next door, you know, it's in the next room and you kind of just, you know, a little bit without that kind of tension. And so it will be interesting to see how that plays out for families. But it allow, you know, could allow for a little bit more of what you're talking about, a little bit more of that connection. Let's talk about some of the resources and and maybe just also some tips. Um, how are families some some suggestions of adjusting? Because while this might have some benefit for a lot of people, some of the things we've talked about already, we're talking with Tim Lambert, the president of Texas Homeschool Coalition, trying to give people tips and ideas of how to adjust to now having kids at home and schooling. Uh, Many of the homeschool efforts that we're going to see for public school kids is going to be a laptop and virtual learning. They're going to have a teacher. Some of it may be the parents being a part of it. But talk to us about maybe some tips for setting up a good situation at home, whether it's a room, whether it's their bedroom, you know, whether it's having a a specific design desk. What are kind of some things that parents should be thinking of as they need to make adjustments to kind of transfer their home or or a part of it to a setting for the kids to have the school environment?
1: Well, that, that's a good point, uh, Jonathan. And the, and the first thing that I would tell people again, as I said in the beginning, is relax. You know, don't get yourself under pressure. A lot of the public school students or families that we've talked to, the, the school districts are in a, in a real situation here. They've never done this before, and many many of them are not prepared for this. So they're going to be t- they're tasked with by the TEA to keep educating, and yet they don't have the the plan to do that. So many of them are using. Um, iPads or computers and that sort of thing. So there's lots of uh, resources online there. What we tell people is, look, relax and start with what you have. You know, if you have younger students, you've got some books you can read together. Uh, There's uh, uh, videos on libraries and that sort of stuff, lots of online videos. Uh, And in our uh, Facebook group. uh, what's that Facebook group again? Coronavirus Homeschool Support. And lots of people are sharing um, videos and resources that are age-specific. Uh, you know, what do I do for a third grader? So, so that's a great resource and a place to find ideas. Um, but, again, start with what you have, books to read. And then the other thing you, you mentioned, Jonathan, about a routine, I think that's important, too. So try to get into a routine of, you know, how you start the day. Uh, do a little bit you know you, it, you want to do some stuff together take some break time snacks lunch all that kind of stuff and if you can get into a routine that is helpful for everyone and and Jonathan one of the other questions that we get a lot in in this situation is how do I how do I work from home and homeschool at the same
0: time all right I want to know that tell me Tim well, again, it comes back
1: to figuring out what the needs are and having a routine. And if you've got, um, very often what we do in the homeschool community is we have our older students help our younger students. So what you might do is get get things started uh, and then maybe have your older students help reading with the younger kids or something like that. But again, it comes down to uh, scheduling and routine, you know, um, do certain things at certain times. And then recognizing that you've got um, you know some time that you have to be alone and, and do some work. So, but it is imminently doable. We have homeschoolers all over the state who are single single moms, especially who are working from home, and homeschooling their kids at the same time.
0: No, and well, that's good insight. So, Facebook group Coronavirus Homeschool Support. Check it out. You can get resources, get connected, and maybe you know maybe you might want to supplement some of what you're doing. You know, the public school saying this is what you need to do, but you find yourself realizing, oh, well, I'm home. Maybe I've got some flexibility or maybe you get that work done a little bit quicker. Uh, I think I saw an email from the um, one of the schools that my kids are at. We we have uh, two, three different schools that the kids are spread across. And so I'm trying to think of which school I got an email from suggesting that, you know, there's this expectation of four hours of instruction of the of during the day. And so, you know, there's a little bit more time during the day you might be able to be flexible with. And maybe you read a book together. Maybe you have some type of activity that you do together and you get out. And so you may be, see people doing that. So check the Facebook group to get some of those resources. And so, yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting, too, to see how students respond to that one on one time or that, you know, uh, whether there are you know, several kids in the house, but that little bit more individual time. and Because we know that it can have an impact. And we know sometimes that's just a reality. There's going to be 20 kids in a classroom for most kids or so. And that's going to be um, what m- majority of the kids are dealing with. And so some of them may be, oh, I'm at home. you know, Let's play more. Let me get on the internet. Let me go play my video games. And so I think probably some of those things, right, setting those things aside, having them put away so those aren't temptations for kids that just aren't used to being at home. Their view is I'm at home. That means I don't do schoolwork or I'm at home. I do a little bit of homework, but now I've got to get up at, you know, 738 and I've got to be at home but I have to change that mindset. So there might be a little bit of of catching up to do, but I would imagine if the parents are going to bring structure, like you said, and routine to the situation, um, that probably can get worked through without a whole lot of time.
1: Well, that's true, Jonathan. And here's, especially for older students that are more self-directed, one of the things that a lot of homeschool families do is it's not so much, you have to homeschool for this many hours. It's, here's the work I want you to accomplish yes. today. And when you get that work done, you're done. You can go do something else. And that can be a great motivating factor for, uh, for students. You know, they can say, hey, I want to go do something else, so I'm going I'm to really bear down and get this work done. And, again, you know, what it, what it takes a classroom four hours to do, very often these students can do in an hour or two. So that's a great motivating factor.
0: All right, I'm looking for your Facebook group, Coronavirus Homeschool Support. Uh, Yes, Coronavirus Homeschool Support. I put it in the Facebook comments. Okay, it's in the Facebook comments. I'm just trying to look at it from my particular feed here. Um, Texas home? Is it Texas Homeschool?
1: No,
0: it's just. Okay, I see it now. Coronavirus. Okay. okay I'm gonna join the group y'all approve me okay Yeah hey we <laughs> let anybody in Jonathan you're good <laughs> uh, All right and so and it's funny because you know um, three of the kids at my home are homeschooled they're in a, um, they're in a hybrid school where they're there three days a week but yep. I've seen this play out too to your point that you know when the work's done they're done right there's not this yes. this uh, time schedule of okay I have to be at school from eight. To three. And then, you know, there's no really getting around that. You know, now sometimes I see that play out with the other kids where when their homework gets done, but that's usually later in the day after they've already been at school for several hours. So there can be a little bit of fatigue. So it'll be interesting to see how this uh, plays out. And I see a lot of people, (laughs) I shouldn't laugh, but there's this graphic up, right? This perception of homeschool moms last week and (laughs) perception of homeschool moms now. (laughs) And so I I bet if my wife's watching she's probably like uh huh yeah now you understand <laughs> and so and I have a lot of support, uh, appreciation you know we've done work for several years um, on the uh, uh, protecting the rights of homeschool even though I haven't been as involved in it individually um, I'm seeing it play out a little bit more over the past couple of years but some really good stuff uh, and, and a lot of good resources I see here um, and that I've seen play out. In my home as well. But that is interesting too. And I think that's going to be a surprise to some people. We'll see how the public schools implement this and some of the private schools. If when the work's done, can it be done? Or are they going to be trying to say that, you know, looking at the clock, oh, you know, we've got to have this amount of time? That's the one email I said I, I was received that suggested there's, you know, at least this four hour time period. And that may not, I may not have read it the right way. But I think it'll still allow some flexibility. And that might give parents a lot of excitement, right? Wow. So when the kids are done, then we can do some things that maybe we enjoy a little bit more or we've got a little bit more flexibility on. And so um, this has been good information. I'm going to plug the Facebook group again. And it's one word, not broken up. It's coronavirus, one word. Homeschool, one word. Support. Coronavirus, homeschool, support. It's three words. Um, Tim, I, I imagine you're doing a lot of interviews the work that you do is important. You're a nonprofit organization. Tell people about that and why it's important during this time period for them to support your work.
1: Well, that, that's right. Uh, Texas Homeschool Coalition. We've been around for 30 years. We were started initially to defend homeschool families who were being prosecuted by the government. Uh, won a class action suit at the Texas Supreme Court. And in in recent years, uh, as you know, Jonathan, we've really been focused on the fundamental God-given right of parents to raise their children and that is becoming more and more under attack and specifically related to homeschooling cps and that sort of thing so thsc.org is where people can go to get information and uh, we've enjoyed working with you and your organization over the years been a great great partnership
0: well we we have as well and it's great to work together on where your strengths are even though we support a lot of those things you've got a lot more depth and now we're talking about really the you know, the meat of it, right? The, the application and the execution of the homeschool. We're seeing a value. And and I'm not, you know, it's not that we're um, wishing that these things happen, whatever, but this moment does allow, hopefully, for people to see the value of homeschooling, to appreciate a little bit more. And as we go back later on, I think at some point people may also realize, you know what? That's great that we continue to have that freedom, whether or not it works for some people's families. And so uh, appreciate the work that you do and appreciate your role as a Christian, but also appreciate uh, our long term friendship, Tim. And, and we'd love to we'll probably have you back on again or in some uh, form or medium. We're looking at maybe doing a video with you guys in a different setting because I know more people are going to want this information. So God bless the work sure. you're doing with Texas Homeschool Coalition, Tim. Thank you, Jonathan. Appreciate you. You bet. Great to have Tim Lambert on. What's some, just some great information. A couple of things we want to hit before we round out the show. Okay, we know uh, I'm going to be on a call later with First Liberty Institute on the religious liberty impacts of the coronavirus and all things related to that. How does it impact your religious liberty and faith? We know the impact it's had on churches. And look, I know a lot of churches are just trying to do what they feel is the right thing and not have services, not have meetings, and take, you know, whether it's the president, the governor now, and other government leaders, their warnings uh, to heart that, hey, we shouldn't be having these larger meetings because things could get spread, and we're just trying to keep it under control. And so, but we want to just keep, be mindful of that, and so it's not end up that that we're two, three, four months to where we can't even go back to church, or we can't have some type of way to interact so in the meantime, though, you know you might allow yourself to just kind of be flexible with it, be understanding, and know a lot of churches are trying to meet you where you are. They've got online services. They've got online uh, streaming videos of their church services. I know I was watching some of the, um, uh, the rosary that Pope Francis was having yesterday. Others are doing the same thing where they're putting their Bible studies online. They're uh, putting their religious services online, and not just on Sunday. And so for many of us, you know, being there in person does matter. I mean, I know that's something that matters to me, being in that sacred space. But let's not remember or forget that we can create um, that environment at home and we can also have some of that engagement and, and really be thankful that we have the technology we have. Otherwise, we're in this situation. We wouldn't have that. And so, you know, you might allow yourself just to kind of work with that in the meantime, even though we also do have some concerns about the impact on religious liberty. We're trying to be understanding as well with our government officials, but we're monitoring that and we want it to be within reason. And we also want to respect the right that some people, they're going to still want to gather with five or six people at their church. You know, we get that and, you know, we support that and, and we We'll support your right to do that if that's what you uh, want to do, and whether or not people start to want to meet outside within the um, the confines of some of the ordinances that we've seen, um, you know, because that is just a part of how many of us operate and experience our faith. And so Uh, but you know, the governor had a teletown hall last night. He had a press conference yesterday. So now it's statewide in the state of Texas that a lot of these things that are being recommended, whether that relates to restaurants and social gatherings being under 10, you can go to the governor's website to see the executive order. We'll put that up as well. Um, but just be mindful of that. And hopefully these things will be temporary. Uh, but these things, The governor's ordinance or or executive order did not mention, I don't believe it mentioned churches or religious services specifically, but it did have a lot of detail in there, and a lot of churches have already just kind of adapted that way, and they're not having services. So be mindful of that and make some of those adjustments. I don't want to forget, uh, or I want to mention, we did put out a press release this week. So while the schools aren't meeting at school, you know, school leaders and school districts are still working on getting uh, sex education taught in public schools in Austin. We've now got the Catholic Diocese of Austin. They put out something two weeks ago telling all of their members that are in public schools to opt out of the Austin ISD ordinance. We put a a press release out on that as well. We're happy that they're now uh, a part of this effort publicly in, in a part of what we've been doing. You've got the sex ed sit out on May 19th. We'll see how that plays out, whether kids are at schools. We've also got some um, town halls that we're planning. We're looking at a different way to do it because of the re- the restrictions with the coronavirus. But we're going to stay connected with you one d- way or another. Even though a lot of our work is going to now be from home as well or remotely, we're going to stay on top of these things because uh, things have scaled down a little bit, but the people on the other side are still working, I imagine, to push these issues And so stay connected with us on that. And last but not least, okay, this is going to impact us financially as well. We are a nonprofit organization. A lot of times that's one of the last things that people uh, really expend in their budget and so don't forget that in order for us to do the work that we're doing, to help you can get connected with these resources, we we hired a new person just two weeks ago, okay? We need your financial support. If you go to txvalues.org, make a tax-deductible donation today. We're the largest organization when it relates to faith, family, and freedom in the state of Texas. Please don't forget about us. We understand if you now got to scale back your donation, but give whatever you can, okay? Because we are not—we're um, going to be here with you. And look, we're going to all get through this one way or another, Uh, And and we're going to be there, but we know in order to continue to have the strength of the work that we do, we need your financial support, and we're not ashamed to admit that and to ask you to give. So go to txvalues.org, make a tax-deductible donation today to help keep faith, family, and freedom protected in Texas. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.